there's another quite separate thing that's just worth mentioning. I guess it's fairly obvious that the sorts of chatbots that one encounters online, things like ChatGPT 3, 3.5, 4, use absolutely enormous resources and even substantially cut down versions still require quite a lot of computer grunt to be run. I've been playing around a little bit with Meta Facebook's Llama 2 model or models and they give rise variously to 7 billion, 13 billion, 70, one, not one seven but seven zero billion sized models in terms of bytes and clearly you need a pretty substantial computer to deal with a 70 billion byte 70 billion parameter model. I'm not sure whether it is bytes or parameters. Never mind, I'll have to find out. Anyway, 70 billion parameters is a lot. 7 billion is a lot. 13 billion is a lot. And so since one of the aims of the Llama project at least is to try to spread use of AI more widely that is, as you might say, to encourage more people to get their hands dirty. Most people don't have access to the kind of hardware that will come anywhere close to running. Well, any of these models, to be honest, but certainly not the large ones. And so a natural question arises. First of all, what is a model? And secondly, need the model to be so large? And the answer to the question, what is a model, is that it is essentially just a store of the trained weights, sometimes biases, that constitute the neural net after all the training is complete. So if you've trained your llama model in such a way as to create a model with 7 billion parameters, then the model itself will consist of the final state of the trained weights as, a, as they emerge from the training process, more or less successfully, depending on how skilled you are in that process. Similarly, 13 billion will be almost twice as big, and 70 billion, five or six times as big as even that. 10 times as big as the smallest one. And there are other models that go up to, I think, 180 billion parameters and beyond. Now, if you're going to run these things, a very key question is, what is the storage measure, or what is the storage footprint of each number? Because if each number, and I'm not sure whether I'm right about this, so forgive me if I'm not, but let's suppose there are 7 billion numbers in some model with some configuration. And let's then suppose that they are all floating point numbers, which variously consume 16, 32, 64 bits 
in a computer's memory. Well, it becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly that every time you double the accuracy of the floating point numbers, and therefore the precision with which they can be stored, you double the size of the model. And although this may have benefits in terms of the fine-tuning that you can do in the colloquial sense by getting these numbers as accurate as they can reasonably be got, the trouble is that you end up with a model that is humongous and unusable by anybody but someone with, their, with access to a huge data centre or what we used to call a mainframe. So there then arises a question. Let's suppose that we look at one particular node of a neural net and let's suppose for the sake of argument that it's stored in 16-bit floating point so that the number which will mean absolutely nothing except in context the number might be 16.713942 or whatever accuracy you can store in 16 bits then somebody comes along and says all right but how critical in practice are the number of decimal points that you use. In other words, what, what significant figures, how many significant figures is it before it stops making a difference when you have more? And this, I think it's easy to see as a very difficult question because it depends upon the way you evaluate the answers. If it starts telling you things that are manifestly untrue, because it's only got a very low level of accuracy and gets them right when it has a high level of accuracy, then you know that somewhere between the two there's a sweet spot where you get enough accuracy for the smallest number of significant digits that you can deal with. And then somebody comes along, this is a very neat idea, and says, well, but wait a minute, one of the things that we know we can do with computers is we can store integers very much more easily and indeed calculate with them very much more quickly than we can calculate with floating point arithmetic. Floating point arithmetic is better, but this is something that is not widely understood unless you've done computer science. The accuracy of floating point arithmetic is always limited. In other words, if you take pi and you put it into a 16-point calculation, it will stop at the limits of that 16-bit storage, and all the other digits in pi will just be missing forever. Now, if you, be, if you are thinking, well, that must mean that there's at least a chance that we get not just rounding errors, but catastrophic errors that propagate and multiply along the lines of the supersensitive systems that we've talked about oh, hundreds of episodes ago. If that's the case, then even floating point arithmetic will have its downside and its limitations and could conceivably lead to trouble. And you'd be right. 
and every computer in the universe that ever has existed or ever will exist will, unless you can devise a way for it to have infinite storage, will always be susceptible to computational errors that arise from these difficulties in representational accuracy. Alright, well let's leave that and then come back to integers because somebody said, I don't know who, hold on, if we can do all this with floating point arithmetic, how do we know that we can't get pretty good results using integers instead? So that we train our model perhaps on a mainframe, on a big computer, and get everything in floating point terms. And then we devise some method of converting the floating point into an integer representation of the weights on each node in a way that reflects the more economic architecture. So if you can deal with 8 bits instead of 16, clearly your model becomes half as big. If you can deal with 16 instead of 32, it's half as big. If it's 8 instead of 32, it's four times. So I mean, half as small, half the size. And so you can, by doing this, significantly reduce the size of the model and therefore make it accessible to more modest hardware and in so doing make it accessible to a wider range of people with access to less powerful hardware. And this process is called quantization and it gives rise to a number of schemes which are variously called Q4, Q4.1, Q5, Q5.1, Q8, Q8.1. bigger the number, generally speaking, the further back towards the floating point you're going and the more accurate the numerical representation. But it turns out, remarkable as it may seem, and I guess somebody somewhere has done the maths to prove convergence or stability or whatever it might be, it isn't me, but it turns out that when you do some models with Q4 or Q5, which are very, very much smaller than the models that they are quantizations of, you find that they still run. And not just run, but run really rather well. And I have first-hand experience in this because I was trying to run a 16-point floating point model on my machine, which is quite a powerful machine, and it just wouldn't fit within the allocation of memory that the system permitted. The system's pretty parsimonious with this. Um, I've got a 32 gigabyte machine of integrated memory, Apple Metal 2 Max, and the system insists on restricting the available memory to two-thirds of the maximum memory, 21 megabits in a bit. And so if you find yourself running a program or trying to run a program that for one reason or another needs 26 gigabits rather than 22 gigabits, it won't run. It simply says the maximum, the size of 
required is greater than the maximum recommended size. And although there are a few people out there who know enough about the innards of Apple's operating system to tweak this number so that the, the computer will allow more and therefore you might make it run I'm not one of them and I don't know how you would do it yet on my list so you find that of your 32 gigabytes of RAM you can in fact only use 22 and that your floating point 16-bit model of Llama 2 requires more than that when you, when you try to run certain kinds of applications. Not always, but the applications obviously have to be granted enough space to do whatever they need to do. And there's an algorithm that calculates that. And if it comes to more than your 22 gigabytes, then you are basically up the creek. Because it won't allow you to try to run it. Because it would probably be give rise to memory allocation errors. So the point that I'm making here is that you can take these models that are apparently very big, quantize them, make them significantly smaller, and they are significantly smaller, and then run them on much more modest hardware than they would otherwise require. Now, I haven't tried to quantize a 70 billion model because just downloading it would be tough enough and I just don't think that I have enough computer grunt to do the quantization but other people have done it for us and even then the quantization is still too big for my machine but I have quantized the 13 billion and the 7 billion to various versions of the quantization state and confirm that they a are very much smaller b will run and more importantly c still give pretty good performance as are certainly only being measured on a very superficial how it seems to me psychological level of course there may be and i'm sure are worst case scenarios where the reduced models fall over but for many of the things that we are trying to do they're perfectly adequate so this is really a way of getting a quart into a pint pot i suppose changing the way the numbers that represent the model which represent the weights are stored such a way that you can get more or larger models squeezed into a smaller memory. So there we are. Thank you for listening.